So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley. Really appreciate you guys being here with me today. Uh, the purpose is to help you grow your business. And so I'm just excited that there's so many creative business owners, solopreneurs and small business owners alike who are dedicated to that process, who are all in. And so thank you so much for giving uh, us your time for the next 45 minutes or so. Um, listen, before we dive into the content today and I introduce Mike, we're going to talk a lot about charging what you're worth, which is always a conversation running through a creative's mind. It's like shower thoughts. Am I charging what I'm worth? How much am I worth? What if I hear no? These are the shower thoughts that I have as a creative. Um, before we dive into all this good stuff, though, I want to actually encourage you and invite you to come and join my mastermind group over on Facebook. Uh, this podcast is actually being recorded there right now uh, as a video stream, and the people in that community are getting early access to this content. You guys are you're essentially listening to this in the future, uh, but this is live streaming right now as a video. And so um, if you want to come and join that community, it's free. There's over 11,000 other creatives there, sixfigurephotography.com forward slash slash mastermind, S-I-X, six, not just the number, S-I-X, sixfigurephotography.com forward slash mastermind. And this is the community that I'm in every day. And so you ask questions and I'll be in there uh, to chat with you guys. So I cannot wait to see you there. Let's jump over to Mike for a second. So Mike McDermott is here. Now, this is this is pretty wild. Listen, I get a chance to talk to some pretty powerful people. And and Mike, you're just going to have to accept this flattery right now. And so I get it. And, you know, you can blush, you can deny it all you want. But I was honored when I uh, when I um, got a chance to connect uh, with Mike. He's the CEO of FreshBooks, which to me is a really big deal. It's the world's number one cloud accounting software for self-employed uh, professionals. Um, Mike built this out of his frustration, accidentally uh, saving oh, saving over an invoice. There it is, saving like over top of an invoice. He spent three and a half years growing fresh books from his parents' basement. I want to hear more about that. Um, they launched it in 2003. Now over 24 million people. This is why I'm honored. It's like, why is this guy talking to me? He's got 24 million people on this platform saving uh, small businesses time on billing, helping collect billions of dollars. And Mike's talking to me and he's talking to you guys right now. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me, Ben. 
I am. Uh, I am great. I'm looking forward to this. Awesome. So let's rewind. 2003. That's when FreshBooks launched. Is that correct? Not even. Um, that's when I started kind of building the prototype for myself and starting to build something others could use. We launched in 2004. Okay. Very good. Um, and and this was built just uh, kind of surviving in your parents' basement, eh? Yeah, yeah. I, I had a small design firm. We, um, you know, started out building kind of like brochure websites for people, and evolved yeah. it into a place where we we really helped them with their internet marketing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I got into at the end of it, I was doing what I called conversion consulting, so helping people. Hey, you have you know two hundred thousand visitors. Sure, I can help you get more, but what if I could just help you convert a higher percentage of those those two hundred thousand visitors? And and um, and so that was um, it's it's. You know, it's more common stuff today, but back then it was pretty, uh, there weren't many people doing it. So, so that was the business. And, uh, you know, one day I was billing a client and uh, opened up my, uh, you know, my, my little, I guess I had a combination of Excel to collect some information that I'd build a word, you know, invoice. Uh, and uh, I just, I just saved over one. I forgot to rename the file by accident when I created the new one. I'd opened the old one because the address was in there. I didn't want to have to copy it out again, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Long story short, um, you know, I, I kind of snapped and said, there's got to be a better way to do this. And, uh, and so I spent about two weeks building a really simplistic thing where I could put the information from my invoices on effectively a web page behind a login and would send that to my clients with like a username and password. And so yeah. that was the, the very rudimentary beginnings of, of FreshBooks. Um, and yeah, kind of that became a passion project, ran it in parallel with my, my small agency for, for a number of years, ended up hunkering down in my parents' basement for you know, about three and a half years. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're six people showing up every day by the time we left. And we're, we're actually just about to eclipse 500 people today. So it's, nice. been, it's been quite a journey. That's awesome. Six people in your parents' basement? Yeah, I love it. Was it. Crowded. it was crowded. It's in one room and the TV was there and you know, the couch and, you know, we yeah, were three I can people smell on my desk. from here. I <laughs> yeah. can just like, yeah. I can. <laughs> if you were there at 5 p.m. and, you know, like there was Kathy and, and five boys and uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, you would have literally been able to smell it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fun. I love these stories. Uh, you know, style and story, this is my photography business. Um, there was a period of time where it was when we had our, our, first daughter was just born um, and had a little two bedroom apartment and um, me and then my three employees, we would, we just uh, would work in my garage and it was through the, we decided to do this in winter here. I'm in Ohio. And so uh, we tried to just like seal off and dude, I gotta tell you, uh, we bought multiple cans of that spray foam. Are you talking you know, like the insulation <laughs> stuff? I did not get my deposit back, my dude. I'd like spray foam to the garage door, like all over it um, to try to seal in and insulate the place. Uh, and that stuff doesn't come off, man. I don't know. <laughs> just, yeah, that's a, come it's a one way. It's a one way journey with that <laughs> stuff. I, I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah, uh, this is true. Yeah. So I relate in certain regards. So at what point, I mean, so, okay, we're going to talk a little bit about charging what you're worth, you know? Um, and this is a question that, uh, man, you're talking to photographers, you're talking to artists right now that we wrestle with um, all the time is, is well, what am I worth? Uh, that's probably one of the biggest questions. <laughs> And, um, and then, and then how do I, how do I actually assess the value of that? And you wrote a book on this. Can you tell us a little bit more about breaking the time barrier? Yeah, it's probably helpful context as I, as we start to have this conversation. So I, I did write a book 
uh, called Breaking the Time Barrier about this very topic. And the reason I did it was because um, we, we do a thing at FreshBooks, well, pre-pandemic, we did a thing and I hope to I look forward to getting back to it, but what yeah. we call customer dinners. And if I travel and go speak at a conference in a city, you know, we'll send an email to people and just invite them out to dinner. Uh, you know, we host, it's not selling them anything. They meet each other and, uh, you know, get to talk with customers in sort of real life as opposed to over the phone or email or whatever. And, uh, and they meet each other, find new business, all that good stuff. But, but um, w- what happened was I'd go to these dinners and uh, I just heard the same problems over and over again. And this, this was one of them. And so I said, you know, I, and I would have answers. I'd be like, oh, here's how I think about it. This is some of the stuff I did. And then I realized, you know, I just, I really just should write, write this down. And so uh, <laughs> worked, I worked with a gentleman, uh, Donald Kelper, who uh, is responsible for making the book, the magic that it is. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, it'll take you about 45 minutes to read, you know, yeah. let's call it an hour be safe. It is, uh, it's written like a fable. So, you know, you've been warned and excuses, you know, I'm sorry in advance, but uh, nonetheless, the purpose of the book is to help um, anyone who's using time and materials or cost plus or project billing, whatever it is to transition to value-based billing. And so we kind of walk you through the, the mental, it, it is a bit of like a mental set of gymnastics and then you, your, your emotional stuff can go. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. You got to th- think about things a little bit, a little bit differently. So anyways, that book's free. You can get it online. If you just search fresh books, breaking the time barrier, it's been read by over a quarter million people. And um, the, so then, so then it's like to get at your question, uh, which maybe I was intuiting, uh, but which is almost like, how do you know how much you're worth? <laughs> well, <laughs> right? you should actually even pause. Cause you brought up so many good points, you know, like I'm trying okay. to think of the audience who's listening to this right now. And I'm thinking of the questions that are going through their mind. Mm. And so I even want to rewind just to touch cause you flew through some things and I was like, Oh wait, we should, we should unpack that a little bit more. Um, so first off, by the way, I love the way the book was written just to get like, just a, a nod to it. It's written as like a dialogue between people. And I, I found that through the dialogue, I was able to kind of like extrapolate what, uh, kind of like how it made sense to me rather than just, sometimes I see these very, like, here's the equation of the thing that you're doing. Uh, and they're very literal and, and, um, and then I, and then I fall asleep, man. And so this was nice to actually have a narrative to wrap my head around it. And so, uh, so first off, just kudos to that. In case you got in Slack on it, I actually really enjoyed the the format of the book. I, I think it 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 is really appropriate to the the task at hand, right? Yes. And that narrative that narrative format, you know, you'll see yourself if you don't see yourself in the book. Like, you know, uh, I hope you write another one. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but you'll probably see yourself in the book, and you know, it really applies to anybody who hangs a price on anything. Um, and yeah, the dialogue lets, lets you go through and we, you know, there's the, you, you can, I think it's an unintimidating, almost kind of like naturally you go through the experience of the transition a little more because it's a dialogue between two people, as opposed to like getting the factual tactical, this is what you do. Yeah. Uh, it's a little more experiential that way. And, and I think more impactful and it, also you retain it better because it's like a story. So anyways, uh, uh, yes, the fable format is totally appropriate to the, uh, the purpose of the book, which is to yeah. help people transition from one mindset to another. Yeah. And the mindset that we're talking about, and this is what I want to get back to is we've got cost-based pricing. We've got cost plus based pricing. And then we have this paradigm shift to value-based pricing. And, and the other thing that I like about the book is in my experience of learning this and my experience of communicating this and teaching it is it takes iterations because it's such a, it's such kind of like a mind F it takes like multiple iterations of re-explaining it, explaining it in different examples, explaining it in this way and that way and the other. 
And so um, I like that your book is kind of like a crash course into it. And it's, it's just one way to, to kind of begin that, that paradigm shift. I want to start by just talking very quickly about how most creatives go about pricing. You know, you've mentioned cost of time, materials, cost plus based pricing. And so I just want to, I guess, use that as an anchor. So we know what, we're, like, that's at least where we're starting. Yeah. That's where most creatives are starting. Let's kind of uh, define yeah, that. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. It's not dissimilar to how most creatives start invoicing, right? Um, which is, you know, hey, you want to get in this line of work where somebody asks, you know, asks like, oh, you're a photographer. Do you want to come and do this thing? And, and you show up and you kind of do the, do the, do the gig yeah. or you, you know, struggle, you spend all your energy trying to get that gig. Anyways, the first gigs happen and then somebody's like, well, are you going to bill me? And you're like, oh yeah, of course. And you try and keep a straight face <laughs> and you're like, I know exactly what to do now. And really in your head, you're like, oh my God, I, I don't even know what to do. I don't have, you know, I've never sent an invoice before. And you'll go home and you'll probably pull out Google Docs or Word or whatever it is yeah. today. And, and you'll make something to send them an invoice and you'll think it's beautiful. And you'll probably actually spend an inordinate amount of time trying to make it look good. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and then you'll send it. And then whether you know it or not, bam, you have your process. Okay. And that it's hard to move on from that. So that's, that's the, the invoicing one. So by the way, really bad idea. Just go use FreshBooks, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, <laughs> but, the but amount of times the, that I've the, Googled uh, invoice template in the past is like ridiculous. Stop, stop now. Right. So <laughs> let's, let's do the, the other thing, which is uh, let's go and, and, and actually say more specifically answer the question, but there's incredible parallels. Um, you know, that first gig, you, you probably, go and look around at like some competitive websites. And if they have prices up, you know, it's going to be that, or you ask around, maybe a peer, like, what do you do or what have you, uh, or you do the terrible thing and, and think about, you know, how, what, what I think it's worth, what do I think I can get away with? And, you know, basically you use some model to figure out how you should price. And it's not a strategic thing, but it's a start. Yeah. And then, and then you've, you've kind of not unlike the invoice process where you made your own template for, you know, no really good reason other than that's just what you did. You now have a, a way of pricing your services that's kind of similar. So maybe it's like, oh, I'm going to use the time I think it's going to take plus some materials I got to rent or, oh, I'm going to, um, you know, talk with some people and this is how they do it. Like you've got your process. And um, it, the more you go down the road with it, you know, you get more used to it and your clients do as well. And so it gets harder to change. But yeah. the point is you kind of start off from almost like a falling into it position mostly. Very few mm -hmm. people are highly strategic about this. I'll add in, and we'll talk more about this probably as we go, but one other factor, which is experience. You know, very few of us, you know, go out professionally in our craft and start from a position of enormous confidence about the huge number of years and, and you know, capabilities mm -hmm. that we have. Yeah. And so we, we start out from a relative place of inexperience and we often price ourselves sort of accordingly. Mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, that doesn't stay static. Like, you know, after you've done four or five or six of gigs, you're probably four or five times better as a, a partner to that client. And your price should probably reflect that, but you may not change your prices that quickly. So we'll talk about that. But the point is, hey, you started somewhere and that becomes this like anchor that weighs you down for a while. Yeah, it's like a bad relationship. It's like you started into you like, you know, you started into this thing and you kind of like set like these expectations and then they're like, okay, well, I guess this is how it is. This is how I'm going to always bill is how I'm going to price myself. This is the stuff I'm going to calculate it off of. Yeah.
All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982, and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, The really cool thing too is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G U S T O forward slash photo. So, at what point did you discover another? method. You know, I, I can think about myself and, and I'm always interested in like, man, wh- when did like, <laughs> when did the awakening occur? When did the paradigm shift happen for you? Is this pre fresh books or post fresh books? So, so in a, in a, um, it happened. So as a byproduct of the, the business, I was, I was getting into this conversion consulting thing. Plus, you know, just I had a friend who, you know, was kind of like a, a snazzy consultant and was kind of like, oh, you should maybe think about it this way. So those two things converge. But Dude, when, conversion when you think consulting, of, it makes perfect. I mean, it, it really. Well, yeah, like there. the like, model was basically like, you know, I saw what I was doing for people, which is like you have a two million dollar business. I'm going to move the pixels around on your website and the calls to action. And you will have a four million dollar business. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, how much do I charge for that? Well, twelve hundred dollars. You know, like, yeah. no, that's that's just not doesn't make sense. And so, so I, what I really was able to see with my business, which other people it's harder to see, is the impact, right? Mm-hmm. The positive, the positive impact. And then so you start to say, okay, well, I'm doing this and it's valuable and it's going to persist past me leaving. Like it's not tied to my hours. It's not me doing it every time. I'm like up leveling their whole game. How do I think about pricing this? And so that's that. And then you're almost in like, a, you know, sitting here talking about it. You can almost get into like a private equity discounted cash flows. Like I'm probably losing the whole room talking about that. But but uh, it, it is you could really think about, well, listen, if you I took you from a two million to a four million dollar business and this is going to work you know, famously for the next five years, that's ten million dollars. Like how much would you pay for that? Right. I think that's the that's the flip. And so, you know, when you think about how much you worth, there's only one answer, which is, um, you know, in whose eyes are, is the real determinant of value? And, you know, in a client facing relationship, it's not you. Yeah. So the question is, okay, well, how valuable am I to the client? And then the question becomes, well, what problem are they trying to solve? 
and what is solving that problem worth to them? And this all sounds like, you know, sort of consulting fooey, but you, you know, if, if you're doing a, a photo shoot and they're going to spend $30 million on advertising, uh, you know, using these images and the images can be incrementally better than the alternative, you know, like how much is that worth them? It's, it's probably a, a photo shoot that's worth a couple hundred thousand dollars potentially, right? So I don't know if I'm making sense still, but but the point is, hey, first understand that value is determined by in the eyes of your client and, and you have a job to do before you tell them how much you're going to charge them to figure out what is the job at hand? <laughs> can I help them with it? If I can help them with it, you know, what is the what is the the difference between here and there? And how do I frame what I do in terms of the value that they seek? So they they mm -hmm. see that. And and by the way, and I'm just at the risk of running on, I'll go ahead and say value can come in a bunch of different ways. You know, somebody might be on a tight deadline and the value to them, your goal is not to gouge them, but being available oh, yeah. is valuable. So yeah. don't, you know, like, it's like, well, you know, it just so happens I had something free up. You need something, you know, maybe it's worth twice as much because they can't get somebody as good as you on this timeline. And you may as well, you know, have some advantage in that because the value for them to some extent is, is time. And, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and they might walk away and use somebody else if you charge too much, but, but um, anyhow, I, I hope I'm making sense. So you, you yeah, go ahead, Ben. I, I, yeah. No, this is good. This is really good. Um, I want to I want to wrap a little bit more language around value-based pricing to, to gain some clarity yes. here. What I just heard you say is that when you're trying to figure out what your pricing is, that the clients, I'm going to use the word profit, the client's profit always comes first. Before you start thinking about your own, you've got to think about like, what is the value to the client? What is their upside? And, and I say profit loosely because there's also the intrinsic value that isn't related to market gains or cost reduction. You know, It's the job. They're, they're engaging you to solve a problem of some yeah. kind. So you understand how painful it is. And, and to the extent you can dimensionalize in economic terms, you know, how does it help them make more money? How does it help them save costs? has to help them move faster, you know, whatever, whatever it kind of is. Yeah. And so you set that first, you like have to, you have to diagnose that first. You got to like understand what that is before you can ever say, okay, well then I'm going to charge like for you, for example, you're just, my guess is I'm sure you did a lot of work and a lot of research, but at the end of the day, you probably, in terms of you were describing, it's like, I, I move some pixels around. It's, you know, like the, the, uh, once your skill set was there, once your mastery was there and your understanding and the strategy, the actual execution probably didn't take you too terribly long. Is that accurate? I, it, it could vary for sure. And sometimes yeah. moving the pixels took like, you know, weeks or months, you know, okay. for sure. But, but the impact of doing so, you know, was, was kind of outsized in that, in that context. And your point, but your point, the one I think you're trying to make, which is definitely tied to value-based billing is um, your your expertise and experience, you know, materially like starts to, and I think it's one of the powerful things about uh, value-based billing is it, it starts to divorce um, your value from time spent. Mm -hmm. And I think that is actually appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. You know, let's think of like a lawyer. Do you want to call, you know, six lawyers and have them charge you $200 to get, you know, iffy answers, or do you want to call, you know, one lawyer for $800 an hour and get the best answer, right? Like that's, yeah. you know, that's, which is, you know, well, I only call one place, it took me less time. Yeah. And the cost was actually less, even though I can't believe it was $800 an hour, yeah. right? That's the, you know, it's just, it's just a, a different way to think about all this stuff. Yeah. Is there an experience that you've had where you've paid someone 
a from the outsider's perspective, and it, it what's the word? An enormous is that a word? <laughs> a large yeah, it, sum of money, right? Like like an, an unusual amount of money. If someone were to observe, like, dude, you only work with that guy for like an hour for like a week, and um, does that make sense? What I'm trying, I'm curious. It, if it, it is. Guess. I'll just give you a small example. It's maybe more relatable to people. Please, it's just leaving leaving a large tip for somebody. Hmm. You know, like maybe you're stuck in a restaurant for an afternoon and you're with two people or whatever, but somebody takes really good care of you and you could do the like, I'll leave you 15% or whatever it is. And I know not every culture has tipping, but you know, like every now and again, it's like, wow, like the way my afternoon went, you know, was so much enhanced by, you know, the person that that maybe, you know, maybe throw instead of like 10 bucks on there, you throw 30 or something like that. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's recognition that, you know, there was something else going on. Uh, that's, that to me is the, the, you know, kind of at the end of the day. So in that sense, I, ha- I have for sure, it's not something I do every day, but you sure, know, I, sure. you know, I like to acknowledge uh, from time to time, that kind of thing. I, you know, I'll, I'll rack my, my brain, but I, I think there's a few, few things I can think of that are like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of, again, when I was describing this shift it, for, for some people, it takes a lot of different ways of explaining it and kind of unpacking it. And so I'm trying to see if there was any narratives. There's one that comes to mind that just happened in my space where like, um, I was offered, I'm, I'm looking to solve a problem here, um, for, for marketing. And there was a, a someone who put together a, a course, or, you know, that I could go and I could purchase and had all the things in it. Uh, and it was like $5,000, right. And it had all the things and all the tools and I could go watch it whenever I wanted to, but I'm thinking about like, well, then I got to watch everything and I got to find all the, the exact stuff that I need. And then there was another option that was like, well, or I could just pay this one person, like, you know, a, a, a many times multiplier of that to come into my business for a weekend and take a look at some things point out some of the stuff and then move the pieces around. You know what I mean? And, um, and it was definitely a value-based pricing thing. I mean, like the amount of time that they give was not, it wasn't like I was paying this person, you know, like $5,000 an hour. Um, but the results, it was like, they figured out what was the results that I had to benefit? Like, how, like what was the upside for me? And when they saw the upside, they were like, okay, well, I can make the, I can make some shifts here and we can get to an even bigger, you know? And, and so, um, and it just made sense for me. I remember telling my wife though, what I paid this guy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah, no, no. Uh, yes. Same, same, same page on a, you know, a few things. It's remarkable what the, the bills can get up to. But I, I think, um, you know, there, there are all kinds of examples of this. So I'm trying to think of one, but like you, you do this today in ways you don't necessarily even know. It's like, you know, do you buy the, you know, the lower quality product that's cheaper or the more expensive one that, you know, may not be that different. Right. And, and, uh, but maybe it lasts longer, you know, sometimes the more expensive thing doesn't, which is hilarious in its own yeah, way, but, but iPhone 12 or whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. A good example. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah. my wife, by the way, bought an iPhone 12 and the week she bought it broke. It like it, this both screens smash. Anyhow, keep going. <laughs> All right. Well, I won't rush out and uh, upgrade my phone, but, uh, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, anyways, I'm, it's funny, I'm just coming up short with the, the this way of, of thinking about it. But the point is, we make purchase decisions all the time. I think the thing that I'd really have people think about, and I think the book helps with that is, you know, these examples are, are part of it. But, you know, there is this, if you, you know, on the journey to value-based pricing, and we probably haven't even defined the problem well enough or why you want to switch, but let's presume you understand some of that. Um, on the journey, you just have this upfront effort to to basically investigate and to understand what your customer is trying to achieve, 
before you tell them the price. And that's not easy because a lot of people will be like, hey, like, you know, oh, OK, hey, nice to meet you, whatever. You know, hey, what are your prices? And I'd be like, well, I got to understand the job first. Right. It's yeah. like and it's hard to do that. Like a lot of people are like, oh, they asked for my price. I, I feel morally obligated to give them a price now. Yeah. But, you know, to be completely honest, like that can go horribly wrong. Because, you know, what, you know, like you tell them the price and then they come and tell you what the job is. And you're like, wait a second, like, no, I can't do it like that. And then you get a reset expectation. So yeah. it's better to make sure you're clear, you know, go ask some questions, you know, maybe go away and think about it and come back with a proposal. And that's, that's usually a step in, in value-based uh, pricing as well. Yeah. I used a workshop. It's called the abundance workshop. Uh, it's a three and a half day long, super intense workshop at my house. And, uh, and we tackle value-based pricing for photographers. Uh, in that space. And one of the questions that I'll ask, I'll do a quick little role play without giving too much context. I'll just say, you know, Mike, yeah, you know, a lot of these photographers, they're also doing, at least they have the ability to, to make a quick video, like quick little sizzle video, two minute long, something to just throw up on an about page or maybe throw up on Instagram stories. And so I, I just asked the audience, people sitting there like, hey, I need a, it's probably going to be a half day shoot. You're a coffee shop. Just role play with me. You're a coffee shop. And I am looking for a video. Or I'm sorry. I'm a coffee shop. I'm looking for a video, like a one to two minute video. I'm going to throw it up on my about page, uh, Instagram, you know, how much you're going to quote me for it. And so they start asking, they start asking questions like, well, how long is it going to take? How many hours am I, you know, half day shoot hour, you know? And so I'll say, well, let's just, let's go with a full day shoot. Okay. And, uh, you got a week to edit the thing. Um, and then I'm just going to use it again online on my website and then Instagram. And I just ask people for a quote and dude, time and time again, the quotes I'm always getting are like, well, probably like $2,000, $2,500. Occasionally I get a over 3k quote. And then, um, and then I'll just reveal at the end. Okay. So now how does this change when you find out that I'm Starbucks? And suddenly the quotes just, whew, everyone's like, wait, hold on. Let's, let's add a zero to this, you know? And, um, and I'm, and so I'm always getting it. So why, why is that? And of course they, they arrive to it. It's very common sense at that point. Like, well, because the upside is so much more valuable. And so I think within, um, with B2B, it makes sense like that. You know, um, I'm curious how, if you have any thoughts on evaluating this from a B2C standpoint, where the intrinsic value of it, kind of like what you're talking with luxury goods, it's like that status and that kind of stuff is like this, how do I grab hold of the value of that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, you know, sure. And I, I'll even try and work in a photography one here. Yeah, please. <clears throat> um, so let's think about, I don't know. Uh, so this is the, the, not the example, but like, you know, a wedding photographer. Right. I, I think if you go out there, you could find probably a range of, you know, some wedding photographers might charge three times as much as another one. Oh, yeah. Right? And so, you know, the question is, you know, why, how do they get away with it? And a lot of it ends up being, you know, the customer, you know, their expectations and what have you. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, the, the, the margin or the profit from the job, you know, should invariably be greater, you know, to the owner of that business in the three times more expensive job. Right. Mm -hmm. Just. It just, it just is, but, you know, they have obviously found a way to communicate, you know, and describe their services in a way that is compelling to somebody who either believes they have more problems or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe it's logistical considerations. Maybe it's the timeliness, maybe it's the number of angles of a shot you're going to have on something like, so th those, those can be, those can be examples um, of value. So but let me go to another one, sorry, which is like, uh, I, I did a really, I did a podcast with a woman who she, she, she does family portraits. That's okay. kind of her specialty. Okay. And she does, she'll do like, you know, sometimes one a night or two a day or whatever it is. 
and um, but she does something really interesting. She does, you know, there's the price, and then she has a low cost price, and the low cost price she'll do like here, here's my price for a thing. Yeah. But I will do a um, if if you show up and wait until I'm done with the first family, and you're not choosing the location, and you want to do a shot in the same place immediately after, hmm. I'll do one for you at a discounted rate. Hmm. And what she's recognizing there is, you know, she's already there. She wants to put the time to use. But some people really want to choose their location. They really want to choose the setup. They don't want to wait around for the end of another thing to go. And so they're going to pay one price. But um, literally, when you think about it, she's doing the exact same thing in the exact same location. But she just, you know, you know, benefit to her is the people are there waiting and she rolls and she like makes her setup and everything else more valuable. Uh, and for the other family who clearly didn't want to pay the other price and are sort of more flexible on their schedule and everything like that. They actually mm -hmm. get a, they get a different price and that's, and the value is, Hey, location and yeah. you know, timeliness and, and all that stuff. And so um, I, I, all I'm trying to get at is, um, you know, value, like you need to understand value in your customer's eyes and yes. it's not always dollars and cents. Right. Yes. So I just keep coming back to like, you, you need to understand, you need to understand your customer, you know, what they care about, mm -hmm. You know, you know, for me, let's think about a like engaging a lawyer or something like that. Um, and we don't do that that often, but it's it's part of the day job. You you end up, you know, contracts, commercials, whatever. Oh, sure. I would, you know, I have one. We have a you know lawyer that we do uh, some of our corporate stuff with, and you know, I think his rate is sixteen hundred dollars an hour. But he is the best the best lawyer I've ever worked with. <laughs> and, and you know, and my dad was a corporate lawyer, so I you know, we, I, technically we didn't work together, so I, yeah, we'll let that go aside. But but um, he just he is super creative. He has a memory like a steel trap, so he knows all the stuff we've done before and whatever. He doesn't mix up being a lawyer and being a business person. Like he really knows how to step in and out of those shoes, and he's concise. Hmm. And so you know, for all these reasons, it's like you know, it's a no brainer. I'd rather than, than fuss around with somebody else. I'd rather. So um, that's not a photography example. But no, but this is actually, I, I'm just trying to stay on yeah. that for a second. Like, cause he's, he's $1,600 for an hour, but if he can 1600. do $1,600, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. $1,600 <laughs> an hour. And so if he can do the job, let's say, let's just oversimplify it and say in an hour, man, that's a huge benefit to you. It only took an hour of time, right? Versus going to someone who's maybe $400 an hour, but it's going to take them 10 hours to do what this bloke can do, you know? Um, well, it's also, it's not only that it takes them time. It's also, I know when I work with him, it's going to take me 15 minutes. And mm -hmm. I know how long, how the four, you know, $400 an hour person, I probably have to seek to understand and ask a bunch of questions. And yeah. like with him, it's just tied up in a bow. It's a 15 minute call, you know, things happen in the background. Yeah. You know, so it's, like it's Mike my time is taken care of. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sleeping well at night. Right. Like yeah. really, you know, anyways. Yeah. Yep. And no, this is making sense. And, but they don't have to all be photography related. I love that we're kind of popping around to different, different niches uh, within this. I think this is what I mean. And by I say, the way, let me flag that is a highly unrelatable conversation. And this comes <laughs> by virtue of like, well, I've worked with a number of lawyers over the year. It's a, you know, like you're running a 500 person company for two decades. It, it, you know, it's just, it's part of the thing. Um, sure. But, uh, but it's really interesting. Like I found this guy and I'm like that, you know, it's, it's great. You know, my favorite, despite his rates, he's my favorite lawyer. How do you, you know, like that doesn't make sense. Right. 
but it does. <laughs> yeah, this is wild. So I want to, I'm curious about FreshBooks and, and value-based pricing in that um, I'm curious if there's anything that you do uniquely within FreshBooks mm-hmm. to um, either help educate or to help uh, invoice or, or to help kind of create, again, I'm just grabbing here because I'm not sure, but yeah. just talking to someone who actually believes in it so much and then building a product for billing, I'm just curious that there's crossover. So we've, we've had a lot of discussions around this kind of stuff over the years, and I'll give you my two cents. So first of all, the way we talk about our product and you know, if I went to the website right now, this may not be the hero, but we don't sell on price. Hmm. We sell on, you're going to save a huge amount of time and your time is valuable. And the real value of our service is if we return like 16 hours a month to you, how much is 16 hours of your time worth, right? Like that's how you should make this purchase decision. It's not about it being, you know, 25.95 or whatever. Yeah. So, so that, that is the first thing. So that, that is in part like, Hey, how it lives in our business and the way we sort of, uh, you know, sort of make clear what the benefits of our service is services and frame it. And I think that's really important because, you know, back to that, you can use, you can use an Excel template or do your Google search for, you know, you will spend so much wasted time with that process and just wait till tax time comes. And, you know, you're going to be trying to like, Oh, I've got to open up all those templates and how much tax was in each one. And like, nightmare right and or we just give you a to apply for a ppp loan forget it forget it so <laughs> so so yeah so so anyway sorry to veer into the, the fresh books i didn't mean to do that but you, you did ask so i do so i'm curious that, i'm genuinely curious about that's that's how we how we live it ourselves selling you know basically to our customers um but then you know so hey how do we help people live value-based billing and i think you know probably let, let's just go to first principles here like the biggest challenge with value-based billing and helping people do it is for the, you know, you to understand, um, you know, what it is, why it matters and how to engage with your client. And so it's, it's actually like, I don't have a silver bullet for how to do that in a piece of software right now. Mm -hmm. Like maybe we could build a step-by-step program for you, but then I would say, listen, I think the thing we did do is write a book, takes 45 minutes to read, like go check it out. Uh, And so that's, that's probably the the closest piece. And, you know, we are trying to think about like, Hey, are there ways, you know, we could help you think about how to, how to price for your services, even just giving you comparative, even comparative rates would help a lot of people. Because a lot of people just start with, Oh, you know, it took me an hour. I think I'm worth, you know, 20 bucks an hour. And so Mm -hmm. I'll price that way. And it's like, everyone else is doing it at 80 bucks an hour, you know, like that's, yeah. you know, it wouldn't be helpful to know that. And it's like, they are, um, yeah. it'd give you more confidence to go to 40 or whatever it is. So, so, but the short answer is literally the, the, the value, the journey to value-based billing and charging that way is, is, is for you to go on. And, you know, like so many things in life, like, you know, I can't, you know, I can't do it for you. You know, you have yeah. to, you have to go on that journey and choose to go on that journey. Once you get on the other side, we can help you create really professional looking proposals, convert those into invoices, you know, collect money electronically, you know, prepayments, all that good stuff, which yeah. are part of the process, but, um, but, you know, are not specifically like, you know, say this to your customer now, it'll, it'll be better for you. That's a, that's a different file. And yeah. it'd be pretty hard to do given all the different, you know, customer relationships that our, our owners have. Yeah. It's awesome. I love how mysterious we're making this also sound like, like the journey yeah. they're going to, so we're like wrapping all this esoteric language around it. And it reminds me of Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, we're going to ah. take you on this quest to, and then I'm, I'm poking fun at it. And yet it, I still 100% believe that yeah. that's actually what it is. Uh, it, is it is a, it is a, it is a journey and it's because you start from somewhere. Yeah. Right. And it's like, there's so many things in your life when you look back on, 
you know, I don't know, math class in grade one, you were doing, you know, one plus one and, you know, grade 12, you're doing, you know, 10 times 10, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but, you, you know, you can't, you can't really do the other until you kind of go on the journey to, you know, you yeah. can't do the second until you, you go on the journey. So it is like that. I will say, you know, just um, if I'm staying honest, I just don't know if we've done a good enough job selling the why or helping people understand the pain. So, you know, I, I, um, I, I really, again, I, maybe just the best thing to do at this point is just be like, please spend 45 minutes. If, if you don't get the return on investment for like reading the free thing, uh, meaning if it's not like the most valuable 45 minutes of reading of your life, then, you know, shame on me. But, but I think it, it may literally be that for you and, and you can yeah. go back to it and all that good stuff. So, so I guess maybe go check it out. But there's all kinds of reasons why. Actually, I'm going to give you my favorite reason why value-based billing is so much better than time and materials or hourly, right? Which yeah. is a pretty, pretty classic one. Um, the number one reason I like value-based billing is because I believe in alignment. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and when you charge by the hour, you are pitting yourself against your customer mm-hmm. because, you know, for you, you're incented for something to take longer and for them, they're incented to have it take shorter, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, it's almost like you're just setting up a relationship that, you know, could very well be characterized by mistrust immediately because it's like, yeah. hey, it didn't take you that long. There's no way it took you 27 hours to do this. Right. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I didn't think it was going to. I thought it was going to take me 15, but it took 27. I'm sorry. And it's like, you know, and now I'm just upset with you. Whereas if you go ahead and you figure out their problem and you say, I'm going to charge them, you know, what would have effectively been 30 hours, but I tell them that up front, even knowing with certainty how much it's going to cost is valuable. Mm -hmm. I know in in front, I accept it. And then, you know, don't deviate on your price and you might lose, you might lose out on one deal or whatever. No problem, because on the whole, you'll do you'll do better. But uh, anyhow, I, I just I think those are like, there's just so many reasons why it is kind of a better model. And yeah. I think, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is just like, how did we get here? Why wasn't a th- it a thing sooner? Why does everyone have to go on this journey? You know, kind of why is it so hard? And I think the really the transition to more and more people doing knowledge work is is sort of the answer. You know, when we cranked out widgets, it was kind of like, how many hours a day did you show up? It really turned into widgets. But yeah. knowledge work is inherently creative. And, you know, my 15 minutes, you know, like sometimes I do more in 15 minutes than I do in 10 days, it feels like. Right? <laughs> like I just, I literally just like, I just nail that thing. And so the point is, hey, time is not even linear for, you know, figuring out whether you've done something well. And then, and then you factor in experience. And it's like the time of my experience, I can do yeah. something. I can do stuff now that, you know, used to take me like quarters uh, in, in like, you know, five minutes, right. Yeah. Make good decisions like that get, you know, the business moving along or something like that. So I, um, I, yeah, anyhow, uh, for all these reasons and more um, it's a journey worth going on. I love it. Mike, this is really fun, man. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I don't get to have this conversation very often like this. And so thanks for just expanding on it and expanding my knowledge on this as well. I want to ask where people can, um, where they can read Breaking the Time Barrier, where they can find out more about fresh books. Um, maybe we'll leave it with those two things. I don't want to give too many calls to action. So like fresh books, okay. Breaking the Time Barrier. Well, let's let's do it the other way. Uh, just for everybody, like go read Breaking the Time Barrier. Yeah. Just type that in plus fresh books. You know, it's free. It's like a PDF. Just go, you know, go get it. If you want to print it off, please, you know, if we can not save, you know, try to save trees as you can uh, read it digital, whatever. Uh, but, but it's out there and it's free and it's a kind of a, a, a search engine search away. 
Uh, and then, you know, for me and FreshBooks, just freshbooks.com, by the way, I think we're early in the year. We usually have some pretty good, like if you have, if you're still using a template, go check FreshBooks out. It's, uh, it's really built for photographers and, and folks uh, who are self-employed professionals, get paid for their time and expertise, build clients and want to have, uh, you know, reasonable reporting and books for tax time, all the rest of that. So, uh, in, you know, if you're a larger agency, all that good stuff, you can, you can use it with employees and stuff too. But, um, you know, we're really started out with a great focus on how do I make client billing really easy for people who do not want to do that you know, any more than they absolutely necessarily have to. Uh, yeah. So go, go check it out. Uh, you know, lots of people used it and it's, uh, it, it's pretty easy to use. It's awesome. Mike, thank you so much for spending your time with me today and the audience. Uh, really appreciate you, man. Okay. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Of course. Podcast listeners, thank you again for, for tuning in, for listening to this conversation. I can't more highly recommend that book. I've personally read it. Uh, I think I've read it a couple of times, actually. I did a little rereading, you know. Um, so definitely take Mike up on that. And then um, I'd love to hear what you think. If you want to uh, hop into the Mastermind group um, and and let me know that this video will be there. Uh, if you want to go ahead and search for Mike's name, Mike uh, McDermott, or even just Fresh Books, I'll tag this video on the Mastermind group under that. But I'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, about vibe-based pricing, the questions that you have, your thoughts on the book. Um, and I can't wait to see you guys there in the community. Otherwise, uh, listen, we'll tune in for the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye.